Spanish lovers, welcome to Spanish We Do, the podcast. All things Spanish, from the language itself to culture in general, art, sports, business, and, well, anything that can be done in Spanish. For instance, do you think Snoop Dogg, yes, Snoop Dogg, could rap in Spanish? Believe me, Digo double G, so do perito lo ya. Even when I get out, I come right back to the yard. Ah, mami me duele cuando no estás conmigo. Y aunque soy tu hombre, todavía soy your amigo. Te digo, te amo. That means I love you dearly. And every time you go on, I'm always gonna want you near me. Snoopy. And there you have it. Now you have heard it all. Although, at the end of the episode, I might have something even more shocking regarding Spanish and celebrities. Yes, yes, brace yourself. Let's see how that compares to Snoop Dogg rapping in Spanish. And talking about celebrities and all other related things, that's where we're going today. Showbiz, mundo del espectáculo, or an even more interesting word, farándula. Although the word farándula could have a dismissive undertone, so be aware. In this episode, we have part two of a fantastic conversation with Alicia Civita about the current state of the Spanish language in the United States. Alicia Civita is a very seasoned journalist who has covered both hard news and show business in the U.S. for over 25 years and is currently an entertainment correspondent for EFE the largest Spanish news agency in the world. In episode one, we talked about how the situation of the Spanish language has changed over the last three decades in the US, including general interest and, well, in business, and how it's seen not only as a communication tool, which it is, of course, but also as a cultural value, even for people of Hispanic origin who do speak English and feel comfortable doing so. So, well, if you have not heard episode one yet, you might want to do it because there are quite a few very revealing insights for anyone interested in the Spanish language and, well, the Spanish target market for that matter. Just saying. Today for episode two, we'll go into Spanish in show business, including sports and politics, which cannot be left out of the realm of show business. And wait, why show business, you ask? Because the truth is show business meaning media in general, the public arena, is the place to look at to diagnose language and cultural changes. So, we're going there. And being this the area where Alicia Civita is currently working for such a relevant news outlet as EFE, she's quite an authority on this. So, let's get into part two of this conversation about the current state of the Spanish language in the U.S. And remember, I've got something quite amazing to finish this episode. I'll give you a general description as a testimony of the relevance of Spanish in showbiz today. At the end, we'll hear a male celebrity, very well known, being scolded in Spanish by a former girlfriend. Let's just say that that former girlfriend is of Latin American origin. Oh, yes. Okay, so here's Alicia Civita talking about the relevance and status of the Spanish language today in show business. Something you, you, may, you may know about, I mean, you know, of course, information, but I mean, I mean more about. I heard recently that Selena Gomez had declared or announced or I don't know, publicly that she considered herself Mexican-American. Well, she is. But, but <laughs> how was it before? She didn't say no, anything? No, she was. Yeah, anything? No, she's always been. It's and, just and, that and it was, why did it make the news? Because, be, well, well, because, you know, 
people don't know. <laughs> but uh, basically, it's when all these uh, attacks on Latinos started. Uh, the, 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 the used to be that this is, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry I'm talking mainly about showbiz, but you know, most people get their cultural and emotional even education through uh, celebrities. So, yeah, but there's also um, something very interesting because I would say the point of view is, is very useful, even though it, they might be variations, but that's the, the language of actually the, the, let's say, the public culture. That's what I said. They, they get, they, this is something that changed a lot. It used to be that if you were a Latino, you would get angry at being typecast as a Latino actor. And they would say, I'm an actor who happens to be Latino, so I can play all kinds of roles, which is true, of course. But then it shifts, and you have big names like uh, Michael Pena, who has made a point on insisting that every one of his characters, except from one who was an Arab dude, and it would be too hard, yeah. have are Latinos somehow say you're gonna play a lawyer okay can can he be juan perez yeah. sure why not <laughs> and he makes it every one of them so it, yeah of course it, and it's perfectly natural because i mean it, it that's how it is in society right now it, it's it, there is no correlation with your profession or your interest or anything yeah and he's he's made a point of explaining that he is uh, one of the kids that maybe uh, that maybe in the uh, I mean his parents were deported. Yeah. And when he was eight, and he and his brother had to go into foster care, and then with families, and for a long time they didn't see their parents because they were in Mexico deported because they were undocumented immigrants, and they were here because they were American citizens. Same thing happened to Diane Guerrero. Um, she um, became famous for Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And Jane the Virgin. So all these people are sharing their stories and they're making sure that you know they're 100% bilingual, which is to me fantastic. They speak perfect. Both, both languages are their mother language. And they move seamlessly between the two worlds. And, and and they're taking pride on it. it. It used to be that they hate it. Yeah. Or they well, didn't I, I want like to be typecast or something like that. Yeah. That's another cultural change. That's very, very, very telling of the situation. And well, I feel we could talk like for days evidently yeah, yeah. so the, the the idea of our first uh, encounter i'd say it would, would be like to lay the map and and see what might be useful to people who are trying to reach the community also another day we should talk about uh companies who whose main market is, is in spanish they're outside of the us and they're trying to reach in but they're, they're trying in two ways, of course, in Spanish for the Latin American, Latin market, but also in English. So it would be interesting to have that perspective for, for, uh, for another conversation. But I wanted to touch in a, on a couple of things today. One, to, to get your, your view and information and perspective about the, the effect or, or, or the, what, what it's called before we'll, we'll know about Spanglish, but something that's being called Latinx. That would be very interesting. And also the switch. 
that you mentioned. We'll go into that. And after that, I'd like to close with um, you giving us some, giving us, I mean, the t our team on, in, at Spanish We Do, and also people, whoever, who are trying to reach the Spanish-speaking market, both inside and outside the U.S., which is also happening, of course, um, and the state of expertise in the language, and I don't mean academically, I mean that precisely that uh, culturally, universally understood level, let's call it like that. Okay? okay, but first, tell, tell us about uh, Spanglish, the switch, and Latinx. Okay, so uh, first of all, before I forget, one major sign of the shift that happened Um, the major baseball, the soccer league, the MLS. Yeah. The and now almost every single newspaper have included accents into the publication. When I said the the baseball league, I think it was about six years ago. They started yeah. putting accents on the names. Oh, you mean the accent marks on the yeah, on the yeah, name? Yeah, oh, yeah. got it, got it, yeah. They, they, no, no, no speaking like this. Yes, time. yes, yes. Yeah, I got it. Got yeah. it no. On their, on their, I mean, the New York Times, the Washington Post, all of them have accents in their copy to properly uh, write the names. Yeah. And this all started with uh, this guy who's called Julian Castro, who is the, um, he was, um, Julian and Joaquin Castro, they're twin brothers. They're from Texas. They are grandkids of an undocumented clean lady. <laughs> Their mom was an activist and they both graduated from Harvard Law. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin is now a senator. Julian was, uh, he's been a secretary of uh, housing. He was a pre-presidential candidate. Uh, and they both write their names with accents. Joaquin Castro, Julian yeah. Castro. So they made... The newspapers use the accents. <laughs> yeah. so, well, for, for anyone who might who might change. not know, if there is one, what what those accents do in general terms is to define where the stress goes in the word. So Joaquin has been stressed on that kin last syllable. If it did not have an accent, it would mean the stress would be on the first syllable. It would be Joaquin, which is a different guy. And also, they sometimes our translators ask us if they should. Our translators, I mean, because we are three as a main team, and we have also other collaborators for a specific area sometimes, like for engineering and things like that. But they ask us, okay, if there is a guy who in Spanish is called Núñez, which is N-U, and the N with the mustache on top, the Ñ, E, and, well, I can say Z, but my Canadian mom would... <laughs> tell me to say, say that you're Canadian. <laughs> so, eh, Nunez, all right? But if he doesn't have that, what's that little thing on top called in English? Of the Enye? Well, the mustache thing. It's, it's, it's an accent mark. I think it's in general an accent mark, but it's that the little with the two curves. Then it would be I'll Nunez. <laughs> yeah, we have Nunez with the Enye, which is that type of N, let's say, and Nunez without it. And those last names Both exist, and they could be completely different people. So, accent, uh, accent marks that represent the stress. All right, I understand it. It's, it's a great, uh, it's a cultural great But game it's a cultural to have them. Pride. 
But there are some times where there might be even broader implications than that. So yes, always use them. That's what we do. Yes. Plus, again, it's a sign of respect. (laughs) It is. It is. It's like uh, when you use the French um, accents, you're seen as sophisticated. Well, with the Spanish, because... um, it has a different connotation culturally in the minds of many people. You're seen as respectful. Also, another cultural thing, I had not thought about it, I mean, not, not for this conversation, but it's a reflection of what you were saying about the cultural value. I've been asked in the last, maybe I think the last year and a half, not before that, when I do uh, to do maybe some dubbing or voiceover in English, but increasing my Spanish accent. Like, make it very clear. I mean, don't, don't try to hide it. And that's interesting. They did not ask for that before. Well, actually, the, that uh, specific definition for a voiceover, I had not seen it before that. I mean, we want Spanish speaker with a Latin American accent. That, what? it's fairly new, I'd say. Well, fairly new, a year I and a half. I haven't heard it before. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been, uh, I've done it for what? Sometimes for company trainings that surprised me. Um, for a couple of products, for a, a brand of coffee, which I guess that, that was more justified, a brand of coffee from, I think it was what, they, somewhere in Central America, I'm not sure, but they wanted to do their commercial in English, but to have a clear Latin American accent, that's Justified, I guess, because of the branding they're wanting. But yeah, yeah, that, that's been interesting in the, last, in the last few months. I don't know. I mean, people try everything. For instance, there is also um, a bloom. I don't know what's happening right now, to be honest. But um, at the beginning of the Trump presidency, a bloom of businesses of accent removal, like uh, uh, English phonetic coaches. Yeah. Like if, if you wanted to be... Take, be taken more seriously in your in your business or in your uh, place of work, you could go to these people and work really hard at eliminating your Spanish language uh, pronunciation because there are words that we they don't exist in our uh, phonetics and they're very hard to pronounce. Or even if you can pronounce them, it's very easy to forget. And there you have it. That was part two of the conversation with Alicia Civita. And for part three, the last one of this very revealing conversation, will go into the present reality of the language itself, meaning Spanglish today. What is neutral Spanish? Is that something that it's really a thing? Something called the switch, which is in a way opposed to actual, well, to Spanglish. And what is Latinx? Yes, you heard well, Latinx. And if you have not heard that term, it will be even more interesting for you. Now, before we go, I have not forgotten. I promised I'd share with you something shocking. A celebrity being dragged by a former girlfriend in very, actually very autochthonal Spanish. This is an animated show called Harley Quinn, which is on the streaming platform DC Universe. The celebrity is the Joker. Yes, that Joker from Batman. And he is knocking at the door of a former girlfriend he has not seen in a long time. And uh, I don't know, it feels like things did not end up well between them. And well, this, this girl is from 
Latin America, I let you guess from where, if you understand, the show's in English. Did I say that? The show is in English, but you know how it happens. When you speak a second language, but you get like very emotional, in this case, very angry, well, you turn to your native language because that's where things sound true and intense. And this is how it is. Just a warning. It's pretty rough. So here is the Joker knocking at the door. Sayo Pudin. Mi corazón. Puñeta, eres un fucking cabrón. Hijo de la gran puta, mentiroso, no lo puedo creer. How was that? <laughs> when I hear it again, I told you it was pretty strong. When I hear it again, here it goes. Sayo Pudin. Mi corazón. Puñeta, eres un fucking cabrón, hijo de la gran puta, mentiroso, no lo puedo creer. How about that? Even more shocking if you understood what the girlfriend was saying. Well, you understood part of it, of course, but what about the Spanish? Pretty rough. And if your first language is not Spanish and you did understand it, you now deserve your PhD in Spanish. Oh, yes, you do. Doctorado en Español. See you in the next episode, Spanish lovers.